Welcome to My Park Story, presented by the National Park Service. People form connections with their favorite national parks and programs, and this park cast is a place to come together and share those stories. I'm your host, Dave Barak. Today's guest is Kelly Jones, park ranger at Grand Canyon National Park. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with park ranger Kelly Jones of Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. Kelly, how are you? I am doing great. Um, enjoying this really nice fall weather here in the park. That sounds amazing because I think people associate Grand Canyon with intense heat. And I'm glad that you're getting a little reprieve here in the fall. And that sounds great. So, Kelly, what's your park story? So, um, I would like to introduce myself in my language. Yad Esh A. Kelly Jones, Yinishia. So I just said in my language, um, hello, my name is Kelly Jones, Katnasani A. Nishle, and I come from the matrilineal clan of the Tangle people, Akut Ego Nishle, and that is who I am as a Dene and Navajo woman. So um, I was born and raised on the Dene Nation, which is known as the Navajo Nation. Um, and I work here at Grand Canyon National Park as a park ranger, an interpretive park ranger. Fabulous. How long have you worked at Grand Canyon? I worked at Grand Canyon one year um, with an internship through Ancestral Lands Conservation Corps, and I worked as a seasonal ranger here. So I would say altogether, I've been working um, with Grand Canyon National Park for about three and a half years right now. Cool. And I have a sense uh, geographically of where the Navajo Nation is located, but growing up, how far away from Grand Canyon were you? Or how close? Yeah, um, my site at Grand Canyon National Park, where you know, Grand Canyon is such a huge park. Um, it's 277 river miles. But um, part of the um, park, I work on the South Rim, um, 25 miles from the main um, south entrance station. Heading east is the Desert View um, location of the park. And that is where I'm actually located at working. And from Desert View location, about less than 10 miles, um, heading more east from that area is the Navajo Nation. So um, really close to home. Um, And part of that Desert View location is such a very important part of where I work at with Grand Canyon National Park. As As a young person, as a student, Did you have a connection to the park? Did you visit with um, family? Did you come on field trips with school? You know, you must have had a connection with it, being so close to it growing up. You know, what's hilarious is that um, my school did offer um, field trips to Grand Canyon National Park. And in third grade, I ended up having the privilege with my class um, going to Grand Canyon, but to be honest, I don't remember even seeing the canyon. I remember <laughs> going to the IMAX theater, 
um, for some reason from my memories as um, coming from my childhood memories. But I think that um, after that, I haven't been um, I haven't visited the park at all until I started my internship with Ancestral Lands about almost like five to six years ago. And that was my first time um, coming out to Grand Canyon. Uh, I did want to ask you that I wanted to ask you when you say Ancestral Lands internship, can you tell us a little bit more about what that program is? Um, yeah, so the Ancestral Lands um, Conservation Corps is um, they work with the Southwest region um, and they focus on a lot of working with young indigenous adults ages 18 through 30 to try to get some career development through public lands and that can either be through conservation um, at these public land areas through national parks um, it's a really great career development for um, indigenous young people to reconnect to these ancestral lands um, but as well as learning and experiencing um, different career paths that is available within these public land opportunities, either through park service, through forest service, through firefighting, through any, um, uh, I guess you can say federal agencies that protect and preserve these public lands. In the park service, we also have a very diverse um, career paths for anybody to be part of through firefighting, through trail maintenance, through taking care of the river operations, through um, even just if you want to just have an office job, there are these jobs that are available that people are not really aware of. And we've discussed, you and I previously, about your desire and advocacy to see more Indigenous peoples involved in the National Park Service, but land preservation in general, besides, you know, the Ancestral Land Corps, what are some other ways that you could recommend for uh, Native people uh, to get involved and to be a part of this, uh, to be a part of this agency? having ideas that we can create for the youth and start participating in schools more, the tribal schools, so that they can start looking at the next, we can start looking at the next generation of these tribal um, young people that they can start working with the Park Service mm -hmm. and helping us start managing these areas. And because we do have deep connections to this place, and who knows more about these places than the Native people themselves. Um, it is managed by the park, but we still have that spiritual connection to these places. So, and it's, and it's not just for the Native people, but we can share that culture and our resiliency of our Native culture for, um, to the public as well, so they can also get educated that Native people are still here and that they still connect to these very important places. Certainly, there are several parks that are very specifically telling Native American stories. And yet, even parks that are focused on other topics, 
there are Native stories that occurred there. A lot of the narrative um, that we create in national parks is always on the timeline of when it became a national park. And that creates historical trauma of um, local tribal communities that they're not allowed into these places. And mm -hmm. that creates um, systemic issues that we had created as well. And I think that once we go um, and really be honest about, well, um, you know, whose ancestral homelands these really are, and still today, we can definitely create a true narrative of what it used to be. And then as well as it will also be um, a lot easier for us as national parks to even um, build better relationships with tribal communities because that's always been a challenge as well uh, in the past. And with Grand Canyon National Park, we work with 11 associated tribes here. And um, the what we are creating here that kind of is really building that narrative around um, we are still here as Native people is the Desert View location is actually changing into a tribal welcome center. So the 11 associate tribes have been working on this project for almost 10 years now with the park and um, having conversations of how can we bring this true narrative of this place that we still call home, which is Grand Canyon. And we really want our visitors to come into this tribal welcome center at Desert View area to see that they are home too, because this place is for all of us as um, people. And we are all in one world and we are all one, one um, human beings that we can all share this place, but also how can we respect this place for the next generation, not just for the visitors, but as well as for the tribal communities. We have now Secretary Holland, Director Sams, both are Native Americans. How does it make you feel when you see the secretary and the director who are tribal members, active tribal members, leading both the, the leading both the Department of Interior and the National Park Service. I see that um, I look at representation and it is very important in leadership. It's very important that um, Deb Holland and Chuck Sams are in those positions to empower other native employees who are in the park service that um, our voices do matter. And how can we stand strong together to um, have our voices be heard internally within the government? Um, I think that's important because that's the only way change will happen. And our stories will be heard through the public eye. And it also helps with um, identifying cultural days to be aware out in the public eye, like Native American Heritage Month. It's mm -hmm. such an important month for us that is coming up. November, for the listeners, is Native American Heritage Month. Yeah, I'm really excited for um, this for November to come up because November is a way that um, as Native people is to express our culture and our traditions and show our resiliency um, 
of who we are as Native people um, and understanding that we are still here and mm -hmm. that um, I wouldn't say that we live in two worlds, which is the Native world and then the Westernized world, but I believe that we live in one world together where we can show that diversity in our tribes, show that um, we are proud of who we are. And that just helps the next generation for our native youth and our native young adults to carry that tradition and keep those traditions alive because that's what kept us going since time immemorial. And I think that's something that we should express and that month is a time for us to express that culture. And really excited for Native American Heritage Month to happen. And if anybody has, um, you know, want to learn more about that, there's so many events that is nationwide in each state that expresses that and shares that from all the tribes across the nation. Kelly, how will you personally commemorate or celebrate Native American Heritage Month? So personally, I, um, with, the, with Grand Canyon National Park, we are trying to um, bring in more Native presenters from our 11 associated tribes um, to talk about the cultural connections of Grand Canyon, but as well as bringing in different performers so our visitors can um, see the diversity of our tribes and as well as express the resiliency of those tribes and knowing that each tribe is different. I mm -hmm. think that's the most important part of um, educating is that no, we don't all go to powwows. Our um, powwows are a different expression of our culture, but it, we have over, I think about, we have so many tribes out there that um, our language is different. Our dances are different. And that's very, that's something that I think I'm excited to help with the park is to express that but personally i am i am i think i'm gonna be with my family i know thanksgiving day is coming up and thanksgiving day in that historical history is very different for my family and i and as native people thanks giving thanks is something that we do on a daily basis when we get up in the morning we give offerings from our corn pollen to the Mother Earth. And um, we pray that we are going to walk this beauty way pathway, that we're going to have a great day and every day we're going to be safe. And, um, and that's just something that as Native people we do every day. We give offerings to those who cannot speak, and that's nature and um, the non-living, the non-human um, nature and as well as human nature, and then um, protection of this one world that we live in and how um, we can have harmony and balance and taking care of ourselves is something that we do on a daily basis. Kelly, thank you. And I'm going to uh, 
change topics a little bit here. Uh, the holidays are coming up. Um, and last year, you did something really remarkable uh, within the Park Service to help celebrate the holiday season. Tell us what you did and what it was like from, from your vantage point. Yeah, last year was, um, it felt like a dream. I was part of the National Christmas Tree Lighting. I had a chance to represent the Park Service and talk about what we do. And um, it was it was such an amazing uh, and privileged moment. I had a chance to um, meet LL Cool J, and he was the host <laughs> of the Christmas Tree Lighting. Um, no big deal, but uh -huh. Shania Twain was there as well. Um, Josh Stone and just other few amazing performers who were there. And it was a perfect time for me to represent the Park Service because during that week and during that time that that happened, there was a big tribal um, meeting with Secretary Deb Holland at the White House as well. And all the tribes nationwide were there. And then they also had a chance to come to the Christmas tree lighting. So I had to also not only represent the Park Service, but I also represent Indigenous people nationwide because mm -hmm. that is very important. I thought that was the most meaningful thing for me. And to see the tribes being there, as well as being part of um, our very strong Indigenous leadership, Deb Holland and Chuck Sams, it was more, it was very meaningful for me to be part of that Christmas tree lighting because I have very huge role models there, but as well as Indigenous leaders nationwide who were also there. And mm -hmm. I'm hoping that I, I express the importance of Indigenous representation, but as well as the importance of um, how we as Indigenous people do protect and preserve our ancestral homelands. And um, I think that was a very important opportunity for me to be part of. And I was very um, excited that they did pick an Indigenous Native ranger to host, to be part of hosting something like that. So, and I had no idea that Shania Twain was um, part of an Indigenous background as well from Canada. Oh, I and did so, not know that either. And that just shows how much meaning Indigenous representation is important because there are many people nationwide that you know, are not really very expressful of their culture, of very expressful from their background, because mm -hmm. we went through historical trauma um, in the past. So right now it's a great time to acknowledge the past and as well as uh, moving forward in a direction where we do have to talk about these hard you know, we the challenges as Native people of what we go through. I was sitting in the audience that evening uh, watching these great performances by everybody you just mentioned. And you um, 
you were a great host. I mean, in addition to like all these fabulous uh, singers and and presenters and and uh, performers, you stood out as as really having a command of the stage. And it was great to see someone, a ranger, you know, up there representing the National Park Service. And you really did us proud. And I want to say is, you know, we head into the the end of the year here, I think we all take time to take stock of ourselves and the year gone by and you know our our people whoever that may be and it's a great time to reconnect and think about what the future holds and i'm so grateful for your perspective today ranger kelly jones thank you so much it's a pleasure and i hope we'll talk again real soon <laughs>